is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023, and Lori Lightfoot is fired as Chicago mayor. She blames racism, of course, and her gender for being the worst mayor in America. Bombshell letter reveals Joe Biden's brother, Jim, promised Qatari royals a wealth of business opportunities if they did business with the Bidens. Man, the dam is breaking. And Pennsylvania governor says there is no plan for John Fetterman to step down. We're going to ask Jack Posobiec all about it on today's show. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. We're about to gift you with so many memes, you will be crying. You will be rolling in the street. You will be rolling through, hopefully, the safe streets of Chicago. Soon, sobbing at our show, watching the memes we are about to show you about Lori Lightfoot. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned and buckle up. But presumably, you would want to have reliable cell phone access when you are looking at our memes every single day. And if you don't follow us on Instagram or Twitter, we have a lot of memes, baby. But you're going to want to make sure that you have a quick and fast and good and reliable cell phone service when you're staring at those memes. You don't want to miss a single one of them. That's why I encourage you to switch to Patriot Mobile today. Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy. They have big news. Patriot Mobile offers service on all three major networks. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider offering broad nationwide coverage for the the best 4G and 5G memes, I mean networks. So get the same great service while supporting a company that is fighting per- to preserve your God-given rights and freedoms, unlike Lori Lightfoot. Switch to Patriot Mobile today, patriotmobile.com backslash Benny, patriotmobile.com backslash Benny. Get free activation with the code Benny. Ladies and gentlemen, Chicago, here we go. This is a big one for me. I'm from the Midwest. Now, I'm not from Illinois. My parents lived in Illinois for a long time, but I'm from a place called Cedar Rapids, Iowa, right? So if you're familiar with the Midwest, Cedar Rapids, Iowa is about a four-hour drive to Chicago, but we would spend a ton of time in Chicago. I spent, like, my childhood in Chicago. Chicago was was, uh, incorporated as a city in 1837. So that's actually not too long ago. By 1860, it had grown to 100,000 People. This is the fastest growing city in America. It's now up to almost 3 million people live in Chicago. Chicago grew really, really fast because it sits in a really nice metropolitan area, a portage between the Great Lakes and the Mississippi River. It was a wonderful place for people to set up shop, do commerce, uh, to be involved in uh, any type of uh, industry. You would want to be located in Chicago. Great American companies are located in Chicago. McDonald's is located in Chicago. The Joker had his crime syndicate in Chicago. (laughs) Batman's in Chicago. It's Gotham City, man. Again, I don't mean to like rave about this, this city because Chicago has a lot of problems. But we as Americans should be proud of cities like Chicago because of the lore because of the triumph, because it was like a empty field in the 1830s. And a hundred years later, it's one of the greatest cities in the world. It is still the third most populous city in America behind New York and LA. And I have a lot of treasured memories in Chicago, including but not limited to uh, getting engaged in Chicago. I proposed to my wife in Washington, D.C., but we celebrated uh, our proposal in Chicago, went there to see my parents. We had a longtime family tradition of going to Chicago and spending Christmas there. And we would stay right on Michigan Avenue. uh, And I have treasured memories inside of that city. Do you? Have you been to Chicago in the better days? Are you a sports fan? Do you like some of the treasured sports teams there or deep dish pizza? The debate is is that American cities are treasures and we should not sacrifice them to the mongoloid horde of these woke intersectional failures. And Lori Lightfoot's crushing defeat yesterday is a victory for all of us. I don't care if you love Chicago, hate Chicago, you should want for the treasures of these American cities to be preserved because they belong to all of us, actually. Chicago is a great city, politics aside. The history of Chicago is an American history. And we should be triumphant and wish to protect it. And we should protect it, most importantly, 
from these barbarians. And Lori Lightfoot is a cultural barbarian. Lori Lightfoot was what the modern left was tell us is a perfect candidate. She's lesbian, black, woman. Yo, it's like intersectional hierarchy perfection there. But what Lori Lightfoot delivered for the people of Chicago was uh, not from the heavens. It was hell on earth. She may be a deified God inside of the atheistic uh, antichrist religion of the left, but she delivered hell on earth for the people of Chicago. Skyrocketing crime, skyrocketing homelessness, skyrocketing businesses leaving Chicago, people fleeing Chicago. The governor of Illinois sent his wife to Florida to wait out the COVID virus, the lockdowns that occurred the amount of death that occurred and the just basic insanity that happened under Lori Lightfoot's tenureship should be a ringing indication of the woke's failure to actually deliver real world results. Because once reality actually hits you in the face, then you'll recognize that maybe meritocracy is a good thing. Maybe we shouldn't care about skin color or who you want to have sex with as a prerequisite to whether you'll be a good leader. In fact, maybe those things don't matter at all. You could argue that God created all of us equal. I know it's a crazy concept, but maybe Lori Lightfoot should just be judged as a flat out failure because she destroyed a great American city. And I'm angry about that. My wife and I have a, um, and it sucks because again, we celebrated our engagement there in Chicago and, uh, we had a rule for the last couple of years. We won't, we won't go back. And I haven't been back to Chicago in years, years, even though it is a treasured city to be a special place for me. We won't go back. We refuse not a dime under the leadership of Beetlejuice. And so it brought my heart great joy last night to watch Lori Lightfoot concede after losing in a biblical landslide watch. Let me just uh, do this. So thank you and, and thank everyone so much. Um, I feel a lot of love in this room as I felt every step of the way on this journey. Uh, I've called Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis uh, to congratulate them on their victories in advancing uh, to the runoffs. We were fierce competitors in these last few months, um, but I will be rooting and praying for our next mayor to deliver uh, for the people of the city for years to come. Your class Thank you. Okay, so no tears shed for the spawn of E.T. and Beetlejuice uh, having to admit total and complete failure. And the, fi you know, the, the ultimate point here before we go and have a, a, a lot of fun, not a little fun, a lot of fun at Lori Lightfoot's expense, because she is truly a disaster and a total failure, is that the intersectional hierarchy is evil. It is unchristian and it's wrong. It is based on Marxist tautology. It is based on atheism. It is based on the uh, concept that victimized groups deserve more power based on the amount of perceived victimization for those groups. So if you can get different notches in your belt as an intersectional, on an intersectional hierarchy, then that means that you'll be a better leader or that you deserve more power. Okay, well, what's a notch in your belt on the intersectional triangle here? Uh, being a lesbian. Well, that would be Lori Lightfoot. Being black, being a woman. Lori Lightfoot, through perceived fake because it's un because it's not real because they're all living in modern day America okay you want real oppression you, you, you know you can go travel to modern day Africa or the Middle East but you live in modern day America there's not real oppression here it's a fake it's fake oppression and they try and tell you that that's all that matters it is regressive Nazi style thinking call it what it is it's regressive Nazi style thinking the way you look, or how your parents looked, well, that's going to determine your value to society and whether you should hold power. Let's start measuring, let's start bringing in the head, the head measurers. It's sick. It's regret. It's not progressive. It's regressive. 
and it leads to failures like Lori Lightfoot. Now, you know, it's we're going to have a bunch of fun at Lori Lightfoot's expense here in a second. But, yo, what about the people who died? What about the people who were like slaughtered in Chicago's crime spree, which set homicide record after homicide record after homicide record for the last couple of years? What about the people who lost uh, their childhood in Lori Lightfoot's lockdowns? Remember when Lori Lightfoot caught a couple of kids playing basketball? Downed like like working class kids from broken homes in the south side of Chicago dared to go outside and play some basketball during covid. This was her response. And you wonder why a lady like that. You wonder why she's so hated. Check it out. Now, I've directed Superintendent Brown to order all police districts to give special attention to these parties. And this is how it's going to be. We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail, period. There should be nothing unambiguous about that. Don't make us treat you like a criminal. But if you act like a criminal and you violate the law and you refuse to do what is necessary to save lives in the city in the middle of a pandemic, we will take you to jail, period. So that's her talking to people not BLM and Antifa that drove cars through the front of the Nike store on the Miracle Mile on Michigan Avenue, which again is is a beautiful place. It's so beautiful. Like, you know, the, the Trump, you know, the Trump Hotel that they built in right downtown in Chicago, Donald Trump, very choosy with his properties, won the number one hotel in the Midwest. Like Donald Trump has invested in Chicago. The best hotel in all of Chicago is the Trump Hotel, right in the center of the city. So, again, the city is a great city. And I see the comment section melting down with people's stories about Chicago. Somebody saying their first bite of sushi was in Chicago. First time they had deep dish pizza was in Chicago. First NBA game was in Chicago. Got to go see the Bulls. Again, these are things that we should all share. These are treasured memories that we should all share. These people didn't build Chicago. These people didn't make Chicago. Much greater men and women made Chicago, built Chicago, put up those skyscrapers, and they deserve better than some petty, vicious, intersectional tyrant telling you to social distance. You want to take, you want to take this virus back to your house? Get your mama sick? Let's move on. Dude, let me tell you something. Um, those kids probably don't have great homes. The reason why uh, they are outside playing basketball and exercising in the sun, which is a good thing for you, which is a healthy thing for you, should be something that Lori Lightfoot is encouraging. But instead, she's telling them to go back to their homes, lock themselves inside in the darkness. Maybe the reason they're playing outside, I don't know. Maybe the reason they're playing outside because they don't have great homes. Because this is how they blow off steam. I lived in a neighborhood like this. When I was in Washington, D.C., I coached local football in that neighborhood. This is a great way for these kids to exercise, get outside, blow off steam. And here you have the tyrant mayor of Chicago lecturing kids that just want to play basketball to go back into their houses to sit, to lock themselves up. True evil. I mean, truly, you've never seen anything like it. We've never seen anything like it. And God help us if we ever see anything like it again. Uh, you'll need you'll need God to help to help you restore your vision after the amount of nuclear cringe I'm about to play for you. Lori Lightfoot was so tyrannically obsessed with COVID, which was a religion for these people. Again, this was a religion for people that don't believe in Jesus. COVID became a religion. That's how she could justify telling kids who are outside exercising to go back home. You hear that one kid? He's like, why don't you go home? We're out here playing basketball in the sunlight. It's arguably a, a very healthy thing to be doing. Lori Lightfoot was so obsessed with her own religion, his, her own COVID doctrine and cult that she dressed up as a bottle of Clorox for Halloween. Again, the nuclear cringe will melt your face. 
we will warn you. This is cringy. You have been warned with a nuclear cringe warning. The capes said a Rona destroyer. Rona destroyer. She had those capes custom made. Lori Lightfoot sent out an email to her staff and said, I want to dress up like a bottle of Clorox. Get me a custom cape. That says Rona Destroyer at the end of it. You know who was destroyed? Lori Lightfoot. Every time somebody asked her a question, anytime a reporter dared question her and the amount of homicides in the city that she was making unsafe by defunding the Chicago police, the Chicago police union endorsed her opponent, who, by the way, won in a landslide last night. It's going to go to a runoff. I believe this guy is going to eventually win. Uh, Every time that Lori Lightfoot was put on the dais, and asked a question about her leadership, it led to such a aneurysm, such a tortured demonic aneurysm inside of her brain. It, it like leads to very good TV. It's very fun for all of us to watch. But Lori Lightfoot, I mean, th- this lady, literally mentally unstable, something deeply spiritually wrong with her. Watch her just get pressed on her own policies. And um, man, I, I mean, j- just like melt, melt like a egg on a sidewalk on a hot summer day. Check it out. Every time you have a press conference, you say crime is down. Uh, the economy is booming. Well, that's but not that's not true. But get your question, sir. Across the street, we had a police officer on duty, the victim of a hit and run. We have Michigan Avenue, the magnificent miles now referred to as the mile of fear, the Water Tower Place has thrown the keys back to the lender. They say they don't want to be in Chicago anymore. Real Chicagoans are asking me, how could you possibly even consider running for re-election as mayor of the city of Chicago after all the harm you've caused? Well, I disagree with you fundamentally, um, and I don't think I need to address any and dignify your comments one second further. Next question. You're talking about dead cops. You're talking about police being murdered, execution style. And she's just sitting there shaking. Can you see that? You notice like the shaking, like the involuntary, sympathetic nervous system, like shaking. What are these people on, man? Why do they do that? She continues to flip out on reporters who dare question her, like all tyrants do. Watch. They say that they resent that. Will you recall, rescind your violent tweet to uh, call to arms. No, let, yes, him, let, no. Him, let, him, let him talk. The more will he talks, you, the more stupid he sounds. Please continue. Will you resend your call to arms tweet in the light of the mass shooting in downtown Chicago? So, as stupid as you think that may be. So let me just deconstruct, Thank you, let me just deconstruct the series of lies that you just spewed, as you do every time you come to one of my press conferences. Number one, our tourism numbers are off the charts. McCormick Place um, is about 90% a capacity from what it used to be uh, pre-pandemic. Let me just finish. And the, and the nonsense that you're spewing, that tourists aren't coming to our city, all you have to do is walk up and down Michigan. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. You will stop speaking. You will stop speaking. You're, you're, you're full of crap. And that's the nicest thing that I can say. I will not let you spoil this moment. And I will not let you, if you do not, if you do not stop. No, she's not asking your question. Keep it down. Harold. Respect her the way she respected you. Harold, if you do not stop, you will be, I will ask you to leave and I will make sure that the police take you out of here. So this is the tweet that he, that reporter was talking about as Lori Lightfoot had a Palpatine moment, right? And it was like, Lori Lightfoot. To my friends in the LGBTQ community, Supreme Court is coming for all of us. This is a call to arms. We will not surrender our rights without a fight, fight to victory. I mean, these are the kind of things that, of course, you would impeach Donald Trump for saying. You get a new January 6th commission if John, Donald Trump said it. By the way, this was also a, a, a time 
when Supreme Court justices were being threatened inside of their own houses. Do you remember the multiple assassination attempts on conservative Supreme Court justices? They marched outside of Amy Coney Barrett's house. A man with knives and guns was roaming Brett Kavanaugh's neighborhood, and he told police he was there to kill Brett Kavanaugh. This is what Lori Lightfoot's tweeting from her Beetlejuice mansion. Well, you know what? She can go back to her day job as a floor model for Bass Pro Shops because Lori Lightfoot has become the first Chicago mayor to, to lose re-election in 40 years. Lightfoot's loss sets up Chicago Public Schools CEO Paul Vallis and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson for a head-to-head runoff on April 4th. Uh, Paul Vallis, by the way, uh, doubled the vote total uh, for Brandon Johnson. So I think that I think that Paul Vallis will become uh, the next mayor of Chicago. Lightfoot's first term in office was marked by a coronavirus pandemic and a massive increase in crime. So in that clip, as you saw, see her meltdown and shake and palpatine that reporter. Uh, let's look at the numbers here, shall we? Lori had her chance. Since Lori Lightfoot's been in office, crime has gotten worse. 45-year-old resident Lonnie Jolly told the Associated Press. In 2022, Lightfoot's Chicago recorded 723 murders, a 95% increase in vehicle thefts, 50% increase in theft, 10% increase in, from the previous year of burglary and robbery. The crime wave that continued into 2023, the first homicide of the year occurred just 90 minutes after New Year. Got it? Click. It's New Year. Welcome to Chicago. You want to know why my family has a uh, moratorium on travel to Chicago? Because we want to live. In addition, the 22 days of 2023 saw a significant increase in crime. Compared to the first 22 days of 2021, the major crime rate in the Democrat-run city of Chicago is already up 97% this year. Hmm. I wonder, why is it that she lost? In just 22 days, there have been 2,000 cars stolen. That's nearly 100 car thefts per day in Chicago. You like your car? You like your car? Don't take it to Chicago. Compared to the first 22 days of 2022, this is a 165% jump. Despite consistently polling in third place, Lightfoot was recently recorded dancing at a Lunar New Year parade in January. Cringe stuff here, ladies and gentlemen. Very bad. Vallist won with his tough on crime campaign including calls for adding hundreds of police officers on patrol in Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's how you win. Now, we have uh, a lot of love for the city, and so we hope for the best for Chicago. We don't say it's a blue city, let it rot and let it burn. Uh, we like these treasured American cities. We hope for better leadership in these cities. Uh, if they keep voting for the same thing, then they're going to get what they deserve, I suppose. But that's a real shame. Because as we've shown you there, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of American treasures in Chicago. And those people, they're Americans just like you and I, and they don't deserve to suffer and die on the streets. They don't deserve to bleed out. And they don't deserve to have Lori Lightfoot come through and lecture them because she herself uh, is a paranoid uh, branch COVIDian and a cultist. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a couple of uh, solid gold memes for you, and we shall share them with you in just one moment. First, Allegiance Gold, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of solid gold, you don't want your economy to be crashed by people like Lori Lightfoot. The Democrats have elected some of the dumbest people ever in society. You should protect what's yours with precious metals. You should act fast and go to my friends at Allegiance Gold. They have the highest rating in the industry, an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Allegiance Gold can help protect you and your IRA and 401k with physical gold and silver. You can also have it delivered securely to your doorsteps. Unless you live in Chicago, wash your doorstep. Be careful. <laughs> don't, don't let it sit out too long in Chicago. 2,000 car thefts since New Year's? Jeez. Gold and silver are the only assets that build value without depending on the government and idiots like Lori Lightfoot who are running it. So protect yourself today. Right now, get up to $5,000 in free silver with a qualifying investment. Protectwithbenny.com. Or call 844-66-BENNY, protectwithbenny.com. And if you're in Chicago, you still got to protect yourself. Lori Lightfoot is still mayor. There's a runoff happening. Be careful. Protect yourself, ladies and gentlemen, with my friends at Allegiance Gold. Uh, okay, so how about some solid gold memes for you? Let's go. Lori Lightfoot memes. What do we got here? Lori Lightfoot can now return to her day job as a floor model for Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Now oh, that means, okay. Phone home Lori, all right? 
Et saa kekeviä. Find the lie. Uh, Lori Lightfoot may have lost her Chicago re-election landslide, but her parents are still proud of her. Again, Beetlejuice and E.T. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Find the lie. Just in time for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Click on that photo. Let's make, let's make that bigger. <laughs> oh, man. So bad. Just so bad. Lord, why would you dress like that? Is that cultural appropriation? That's odd. I mean, just got clearly cultural appropriation right there. Who's offended? My wife's Irish. We're offended. We're filing. We're filing a uh, restraining order against Lori Lightfoot for that cultural appropriation. So, uh, okay, embarrassing and beautiful and Lori Lightfoot memes can be found on all of our uh, social media. Uh, Okay, so also found on all of our social media will be the reporting that Joe Biden himself uh, is not in a good place. He's not Lori Lightfoot just yet, but he will be. Mark my words, he will be. Biden family business is getting blown sky high right now. We have a new piece of evidence in the Biden family business cartel, criminal cartel. My family could provide a wealth of business opportunities at the highest level. Joe Biden's brother, Jim, touted his connections in a groveling letter asking for the Qatari prince in charge of the nation's $170 billion investment fund to use the Bidens, to use their family. And their connection. This is like just it's just criminal leverage. The crime here is ultimately Joe Biden being ahead of a criminal cartel and utilizing his position of power inside of the federal government in order to put pressure on foreign governments to give them money. That's it. It's just a classic crime family leverage play. That's all it is. It's like a mafia. There's plenty of mafias, plenty of mafia movies set in Chicago. Joe Biden's brother touted his family connections in a letter to the Qatari royal family asking for work the Daily Mail can reveal. Jim Biden, president's younger brother, wrote a groveling letter to a Qatari prince in August of 2017. Oh, right as Joe was gearing up to run for president. In a letter obtained by the Daily Mail from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop, Jim told a Qatari investment authority director, my family could provide a wealth of introductions and business opportunities at the highest level. The letter is the latest in a series of revelations about Joe's younger sibling, Jim Biden, 73, using the family name to boost his business connections in the Mideast. The news follows the Daily Mail's revelation published last week that Jim boasted about being hired to negotiate a $140 million settlement with Saudi Arabia because of his position and relationship with then-President Joe. Jim is all, uh, correction, then-Vice President Joe. Jim is also embroiled in an ongoing federal criminal investigation with his nephew, Hunter. Prosecutors are said to be considering charges for Hunter over alleged tax crimes, illegal foreign lobbying, and money laundering. Jim addressed... Uh, his August 1st, 2017 letter, Khalid Sultan Al-Raban, then director of the Qatari uh, Office of Investment. Again, 170 billion bucks there. Uh, he said here that essentially his family will be able to open doors. His family name will be able to open doors for him. How bad is Jim Biden in this? We talk a lot about Hunter because of the prostitutes, the hookers, the blow, the crack. But man, Jim Biden is the guy who's like the straight-laced business money man inside of the mafia. Hunter's like the derelict son in the Scorsese film, and Jim Biden is like the business associate sitting there right next to Coleone. Um, uh, he's the consigliere, right, of the family. Jim Biden is where I think a lot of the bones are buried, and CNN did a report on Jim and came up with the exact same conclusion. Check it out. Healthcare entrepreneur Michael Frey told CNN Joe Biden's other brother, James, broke financial promises he made while referencing the Biden name. Frey's company filed a lawsuit alleging fraud by James Biden, who denied the claims. Frey spoke to CNN before the lawsuit settled in 2020. Everything was on the Biden name, and, and so we took that to heart. James Biden was also named in a lawsuit filed in July. He allegedly received about $600,000 in loans in 2018 from a company he worked with, AmeriCorps Health. 
based upon representations that his last name Biden could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections. The suit states that the investment was never delivered. The lawsuit was settled, though James Biden denied the allegations in court filings. He did not respond to a request for comment. So here's multiple situations where you have Jim Biden, Joe Biden's brother, saying, yo, uh, it's time for you to invest with my family because my brother will open connections and open business doors for you. My family name will be the reason why people will give us money. Well, this is just on its face, open corruption. That's what it is. It's a criminal cartel. That's what the Biden family was. The case is closed. Now it's time to prosecute, ladies and gentlemen. And if if there was a prosecution for being extremely creepy, if you could go to jail for telling stories that make your skin crawl, well, probably Lori Lightfoot would be first in line. But Joe Biden would be standing right in the wings. Joe Biden yesterday uh, giving a conversation about Medicare in Virginia Beach, like talking with the crowd in Virginia Beach. By the way, there's a um, little uh, there's a person from Virginia Beach that told me about this event saying that Virginia Beach has a lot of big venues where Joe Biden could do this. And he chose a teeny little theater with a capacity of 200 people because nobody shows up for Joe. He did the same thing in Tampa. Joe was in Tampa, and we did a video about that a little bit ago. There's a lot of places where Joe Biden could hold a rally. Donald Trump came to Tampa. You'd have to go to the sports arena, right, to fit all the people. But Joe Biden goes to like a teeny little auditorium at the University of Tampa, which is not a big school. They're picking these teeny little auditoriums because, well, Joe Biden can't really pack them in. And they can't draw the little COVID circles anymore. Um, maybe that's what maybe that's what Lori Lightfoot will go do. Maybe, that, maybe that's a good career path for her, drawing the little COVID circles on the ground. Biden claims an ICU nurse would breathe and whisper in his ear. Breathe on him. Breathe on him. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, here's this is not our nuclear cringe. This is just a regular cringe alert. Uh, you've been warned. This clip is deeply creepy. Watch. <laughs> Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand her. She'd whisper. She'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I that there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow. Uh, okay, my wife's a nurse. Um, I hear a lot of stories about, you know, she's a very accomplished trauma nurse. She worked 10 years bedside. Uh, never once did she come home and be like, you know what? I just – one of my patients was so sick that I just had to – just had to breathe on him. And I just had, it just felt compelled. You know, my my medical the, – the amount of medical desire for me, my Hippocratic oath, I just deserve to breathe on my pa- – <laughs> Just breathe on my patient. We all know that Joe Biden's into ASMR. Uh, you can hear him whenever he wants to whisper, whenever he wants to get the crowd really going. He definitely didn't get the crowd going yesterday, but Joe Biden froze up and then the crowd just laughed in his face. Watch. If they have to pay out $159,000 billion lead, less for prescription drugs, then it reduces the deficit. So people are now taking to just laughing in Joe Biden's face. Those are, by the way, Democrat-selected audiences. Rolls-Royce went with me to the Joe Biden speech. We weren't allowed in. It wasn't open for the kids. Am I wrong, Rolls-Royce? It wasn't open for the kids. Like, none of the kids could actually go in. They were hand-selected libs that just sit there, right, and clap like lobotomized seals. You know, as Joe Biden is talking, and they can't even help but laugh in his face. It's not a laughing matter. It's elder abuse. And it's the same kind of abuse they're doing to John Fetterman right now. There's no plan for Fetterman to step down, says Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro. Now, why would John Fetterman step down? Well, because you have to be of sound mind to serve in the Senate. You have to be able to actually show up and serve and vote inside of the United States Senate. John Fetterman is going to be hospitalized for months, according to his staff. His wife has fled to Canada with their kid to go eat poutine, to go check out the Maple Leafs. And John Fetterman's now in the hospital for depression. Hmm, what is that? 
We know that John Fetterman has had multiple aneurysms. We know that John Fetterman was not of sound mind. We know that John Fetterman said, and I quote, the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. This was probably the curse that uh, lost them the Super Bowl. Check it out. And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. So unlike Joe Biden, where Joe Biden's sycophants have just resorted to laughing in his face, uh, John Fetterman still has some base of support that are being told to like clap for him when he says things like that. How about when he says that he's in favor of the demise of Roe v. Wade? Again, this is the man. This is the lobotomized carcass that they ran in Pennsylvania because they know they had that thing wired. Mail-in voting and vote harvesting. And that's why the man running as the far leftist candidate for Senate in Pennsylvania can say he's for the demise of Roe v. Wade. Huh? You think that would possibly depress turnout with the left? Didn't watch. I run on Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. I celebrate it. <laughs> Someone not celebrating this is Pennsylvania native and a man who does love his state so very much and loves the Sheets gas station. I think he's Team Sheets, uh, one of one of our uh, dear favorites on the Internet and a new two million followers on Twitter.com. Fresh off the presses, Jack Posobiec joins the show. Jack, trouble in the Keystone State, baby. You, you got a senator? Do you, do you have a real senator, or do you have amazing. like a? I don't think we have any senators at this point. Yeah, you know, we've got we've got trains derailing just across our border in Ohio, and the toxic fumes potentially coming over. You know, the CDC is going door to door in East Palestine, and they're talking about going door to door now. Biden sending a team of nineteen guys over into Pennsylvania. We've got no senator whatsoever. Right. He's supposed to be from Braddock. He's supposed to be from that area specifically. But, you know, we can't seem to find him. We also, oh, OK, where's his wife? Oh, she's out of the country. I see. That's great. That's you know, that's wonderful. By the way, Benny, you know, I'd, I'd love if, if either you or I were in the hospital, if our wives were, oh, I'm just going to flee the country with mm -hmm. our children. That's exactly mm -hmm. what I'd want to see on social media when I pull it up, especially if I'm suffering from depression. And tweet about it. And then, yeah, and then tweet, about the, it. Yeah. tweet about it because she, she's yeah, like gleefully tweeting and using emojis. She's she's putting in emojis, laughing, crying emojis. She actually she actually uh, she blocked my wife for commenting on that. To your point about the the great convenience store wars of Pennsylvania. Uh, so we've got sheets, we've got rudders, we've got Turkey Hill, and of course Wawa. Now I'm from Wawa, Pennsylvania, but I have stated that we must unite. The clans. We must bring the tribes together in order to save Pennsylvania. And it looks like, to get kind of serious here for a second, that if if Fetterman goes down, so I, I love this, you know, uh, Josh Shapiro, right? You know, well, there's no plans whatsoever to transition. Never believe something until it's been officially denied, right? So he's officially denying that there are any plans to replace John Fetterman, which means there are plans to replace John Fetterman, mm. right? That's why he's talking mm. about it. That means if he appoints someone, right, let's go through uh, the way this actually works. That means in under Pennsylvania state law, because I pulled this last week because that's what I do, uh, you can only – so a sitting governor can only appoint someone to fill the term until the next general statewide election. That means – 2024 that november that means because casey is up uh in pennsylvania as well now bob casey this is a name that's very well known in the keystone state a lot of people remember him for from his father bob casey senior who was a strong pro-life warrior sued planned parenthood back in the day this is why you know casey versus planned parenthood uh went all the way to the supreme court um however his son is just a complete loser and doesn't actually do anything for the state he may not run so mm. we have an actual possibility that Pennsylvania, the Keystone State, could have two Senate seats open in a presidential year, plus all of those uh, electoral votes that are also on the table. So it might actually be that the balance of the Senate and the presidency itself, regardless of who the nominee is, could come down to Pennsylvania yet again. So when I was in East Palestine uh, two weeks ago, 
I'm sitting there driving through Pennsylvania. You have to fly into Pittsburgh. Yep. And you drive through Allegheny County and you drive through the, the hills of Pennsylvania, pass a massive fracking uh, industrial complex there. And all you see are Trump signs. I didn't see a single Biden sticker. I didn't see a single Kamala sticker. I didn't see any Fetterman stickers. I saw nothing but Trump signs in ev- in every direction. Oh, yeah. And and on the question of fracking, which I believe is one of Pennsylvania's number one industries, maybe it is the number one industry, I think possibly the number one uh, uh, energy industry, John Fetterman had this to say during the debates. I must correct the record. Uh, well, he- uh, just a second, Mr. Oz. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Uh, I, I I do support fracking, and I don't I don't I support fracking, and I stand and I do support fracking. Okay, thank you, Mr. Fetterman. On I'm sorry, to- Lisa, but there this. Not- so this is the. I mean, okay, again, this is not like us trying to do like some type of struggle session with you uh, as a, somebody who loves that state. But we've just played three clips where John Fetterman was on both sides of the issue of abortion, both sides of the issue of fracking, both sides of the issue of supporting the Eagles. Um, but he's now your sitting senator. How the hell is that possible? Well, it's 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 only possible for him to be the sitting senator because he actually can't stand up, Benny. He doesn't have the ability to be able to control himself in order to. Just, um, so, no, we have a situation in PA, right? Where I think that there are a lot of people that look at him, they look at the aesthetics, they look at the hoodie, they look at the fact that he's from Braddock, they say he talks like us, he, you know, he doesn't put on these big politician kind of, uh, you know, kind of airs and says, I'm going to fight for the working man. And there are people that go for this. And at the same time, though, if you're in Pennsylvania, you have to understand that, yes, the Marcellus Shale find is a transformative energy and economic driver for Pennsylvania for the next generation plus in our in our state. So that find, which, of course, is also under Ohio. So right also under uh, where East Palestine is. And then it goes into New York as well. Though, of course, the New York government will never, ever allow the development of Marcella Shale because they're so against fracking. And God forbid they actually do something for the people of their state uh, that live in Western New York, but they're never going to. So this is a transformative industry for them. It's transformative not only for the primary industry of fracking, but also for all of the secondary and tertiary industries that come off of that. So if you are trucking, if you are in, you know, if you're going to be involved in laying any pipeline, uh, bringing it down to Pennsylvania, this was a plan that uh, that people had. They were also talking about potentially putting refineries in uh, Philadelphia, rather. You know, putting refineries there where they can bring this out to market, potentially even selling it on the open global stage, something that gets into questions of Ukraine and Syria and everything that's going on right now, Russia, gas, et cetera, LNG that are spreading, spreading forth. All of that goes down to Pennsylvania and all of it goes down to this issue of fracking, not to mention the revitalization of the Rust Belt, thanks to all of the jobs that were sent overseas through this outsourcing by China, uh, by the globalists, essentially for China. And then some of these areas, Benny, just to put a human face on it, I, I remember going up to some of the the northern tier in Pennsylvania, uh, some of these areas out in west, north of Punxsutawney, some of this these places where people were telling me that they would have a dentist office open up in town and orthodontics and these industries that it's like, you know what? I can afford braces for my kids Mm. that they could never have Mm. before in their life. Truckers would come up to me and say, you know what? Thanks to fracking. I can now go out, run a full day's load and then be home to pick up my kids from school and then tuck them into bed at night. And I can do that. Thanks to fracking. I don't have to drive all the way across the country now just to make the same amount because you have a lot of owner operators in that business. Uh, This is something that's been so absolutely primary for Pennsylvania. In addition to all of the energy independence elements that we know are very useful for our country, just in general on the world stage, that when you go into these towns that have been completely overlooked, you were just in East Palestine, you get it. Uh, you know, I, we were talking on War Room yesterday that Tanya, my wife, when she immigrated to the United States, one of the first places she actually lived was Youngstown. So she's mm-hmm. very familiar with this area, very familiar with how it's been so economically depressed. And the idea that 
that fracking could be a major revitalization to them is incredible. And yet our government, for some reason, doesn't want to tell the story. They don't actually care about what's going on there. It's a massive human interest story. You'd think that there'd be uh, documentaries about it and people going in and saying, oh, this is wonderful. These towns are coming to life again. They have town centers. They have social life. They have community life. They have religious life again. And yet we don't seem to actually care about that because their their skin is not the right color or they don't fit one of the preset media narratives. I mean, you know, you know all this. But the issue for those people, they don't care about the wokeness of it. They care about are they actually going to be able to live their lives in the same towns and the same streets where their families lived when they came over from Europe or wherever else, when they've settled there and they want to live in the same town and maintain their communities. It's as simple as that. And yet you have these politicians like Fetterman who will say it. And I just got to say it, right? I mean, the man should just resign. He really just needs to step down at this point. He knows, and I, I think that's the cognitive dissonance that's getting to him because he realizes that, you know, Cernovich has a line where he says, you know, I think that he was trying to just power through it. And maybe it was just, it's, it's, it's actually a very, very masculine kind of trait where we think that we, you know, we don't have to go to the doctor. We can just kind of power through everything just through grit, determination. That's an interesting take on it. But I think at the end of the day, he realizes that he actually can't effectively represent these people anymore. He's not doing anything for us. He's certainly not doing anything for the people of East Palestine or the people across the border in Pennsylvania that have been affected by this. You got the CDC going door to door and John Fetterman is checked in to Walter Reed. We need representation. We need a government that actually cares and a government that's actually going to put people first. And Benny, that's why you're seeing those Trump signs still up there, because with a guy like that, who's you know a New York billionaire, isn't exactly isn't exactly fit in in uh, in one of those towns. But the fact that he actually just shows he cares is really the only thing that people from those areas want. They just want someone who actually looks like they care. And that's what you saw in Chicago last night. And it kind of brings a little bit of hopium to me is like, wow, if Lori Lightfoot can lose in Chicago, where 84 percent of Chicagoans showed up to vote against her. Well, then maybe there is some hope yet. And she lost major to a very though. major. I mean, she, she lost to a very like law and order hire a thousand new cops guy who's I mean, not an well, who doesn't I'll, like I'll put you it? Know, this we'll way. see. I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll see. see. Because Eric Adams but, said the same thing in New York, and right. that's what De Blasio went down in flames over. He couldn't even right. get elected for Congress. Then Eric Adams came in on law and order. Take it. I'm going to clean this all up, and he did absolutely nothing. I will. You know, I'll say that you judge someone by their works, and the loss of Lori Lightfoot and the loss of De Blasio, I think, is a good thing. Uh, we'll see what happens with Chicago. I love that city. You love Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a Chicago, Our right? Of, of, is, so is like very similar. Right. The homicide rates, the theft rates, the rot, uh, and it's, it's very like I, you know I what believe else was a great city at one point. San Francisco. San Francisco was a literal shining city on the hill, and we allowed it to slide. People get me wrong when I say get out of cities. People get me so wrong. They say, "Oh, we're just going to abandon the city." I say, "No, no, 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 no." I'm saying let them collapse on their own. People need it's like it's like we were dealing with an addict. An addict has to hit rock bottom on their own before yeah. they can get treatment and before they can make changes. I'm saying these cities at some point they're gonna have to hit rock bottom and there will be a backlash. There will be a return to normalcy, there will be a return to sanity. We're gonna get these woke Soros prosecutors out of there, like the one in St. Louis. We saw the guy executed on the street yesterday. That uh, Soros prosecutor is being in the process of being removed right now in by the Missouri government is removing her. Uh, the one that went after uh, the family that was defending their own property during the 2020 George Floyd riots. Yeah. And so the, uh, the McCluskeys. McCluskeys. And so we want to take our cities back eventually. But the first thing, the first step is to get you and your family out of there because you need to be safe and you don't want to be in situations like this. Yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm an arbiter of they don't they didn't build these cities. They don't have a right to destroy them. And they're beautiful. Uh, yeah. American iconography in Chicago is unlike anywhere else in the world. And if you lose it, you'll lose it forever. And if it gets destroyed, it's gone forever. And I believe that that's important. And so we, we we're celebrating on this show. Lori Lightfoot's uh, total and complete collapse. Oh, wrong. We, should. we absolutely should. But Philadelphia is a very Philadelphia is very similar, right? Where it's like this is a place, a, a cradle of American history that you have no right to destroy. 
and they're doing a great job of it. I, I think I would list Philadelphia as possibly my number one city in America I wouldn't want to move to right now. Uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, or Baltimore. I'd put it up yeah. on there. Philadelphia, I mean, you, you, everyone knows the list, right? Philadelphia, Baltimore, St. Louis, Detroit, Los Angeles, um, Denver. Actually, Denver is getting really bad Very with the homeless bad. problem. Um, at, Phoenix is on the bubble right now. You know, sorry, Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> Phoenix is yeah. on the bubble. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, final, a final uh, question for you, Jack. That they they have the system wired right in Pennsylvania with vote harvesting and with mail-in voting. Oh, they do. They're, they're, there's do. no point to be hopeful at all. Is there any reason to be hopeful in the state of Pennsylvania? Well, so I mean, I, if you I can clone that, Scott Pressler, maybe. I do think that the Republicans are are starting to hit rock bottom when it comes to this ballot harvesting question and this idea of, oh, well, we're just going to ignore it. We're going to ignore it. We're going to pretend like it doesn't exist. Look, we, we tried that in Pennsylvania. We tried that in Arizona. We tried that for two cycles in a row now in 2020 and 2022. And guess what? We got our butts handed to us in those elections. So now it's going to turn around. And I've been saying this and I'm preaching it from from the the highest pulpit that we need to start playing the game ourselves, beat them at their own game. I want to see these drop boxes or, or temporary drop boxes, whatever the legal term is, in the back of every single church across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, across Arizona. I want them at gun shows. I want them at gun ranges. I want them at race car tracks. I want them at, you know, even if it's a dirt track, I want it there, right? Take every single Especially if it's a dirt track. That you can, right? Yeah, no, I've got a cousin who, uh, who does amateur dirt racing that take the every single possibility you can where you have conservatives and just like normal Americans going out there and voting. I would even say, look, if you can find a legal way to do it, uh, have them at Trump rallies too. Why not? Why not? Just absolutely use every legal means possible to throw it. And now if you're in a state where it's not legal, then guess what? Keep it that way. But if you're in a state where it is legal, then you need to play the game too and stop whining and complaining and playing the crybaby game after it when you lose. Yeah. Yeah. Enough cry, baby. More victory, more focus, more I'm guiding done. light. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Jack. Um, you know, as as they say, as they say in uh, Pennsylvania, and we do have one final clip for you. Is this how is this how you say things when you when you start an interview? Do you say goodnight? Uh oh, is that how it works? Royce? As lieutenant governor, you're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. If so good night, Jack. Clues. If Hello. Only there were good night, Jack. As to the cognitive level of John Fetterman when he was running. If only we had had some predictive ability, some, some, <laughs> some, 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 you know, some uh, wake up call. I don't know what it could have been. If only we had some idea. It's so cruel. I, it's so cruel. What I, I, the 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 depravity. No, I think. Darkness. By the way, I'm just gonna say it. Like I, I'm just gonna say. It. I don't think it was just depression. I th I mean, you see people that have committed, uh, that that have uh, people that have had strokes and people who have had these situations. They know they're not getting better. Uh, you you actually see a a funnel for people like this to suicidal ideation. You absolutely do see suicidal tendencies from people who have committed strokes again or or have had stroke. Um, occur to them and it's horrific and I, i'm glad that he's institutionalized for now because i don't want that to happen and i certainly don't want him to be on that trajectory but it's mm -hmm. absolutely something when i was at guantanamo bay we saw stuff like this uh when you see it in prisons all the time and so i certainly hope that that's not what happened but i do think that we're in a situation here where the government is not telling us the truth the same way they're not telling us the truth about east palestine yeah Mental sanity and clarity just holds on by a thread at all times for all of us. And we should be thankful for it while we have it. Thank you for your clarity, Jack, today. God bless, mate. Bye. Why did I say bye? We should say goodnight, everyone. Good night, everybody. We're going to start the show every single every single show. In honor of Jack, in honor of our friends in Pennsylvania, we're going to say goodnight, everybody, at the start of every single show. Somebody I wish would say goodbye forever is Randy Weingarten, uh, the cretinous, uh, childless witch who is demanding that you raise all of your children in the way that she demands at all times. And she's screaming about it in front of the Supreme Court. Court. Isn't it interesting how these rage-filled Chardonnay leftists who have no children can find the energy 
not to raise children, but to scream at you about the way that you choose to raise children. You know what? I got a, I got a, got a piece of advice for you, lady. Uh, you decided not to have kids. That's your choice. I decided to have kids. That's my choice. Stay the hell out of my family and how I raise my kids. You have no right in your sick, unhappy, unloved, depraved, barren world to sit there and tell me how to raise my kids. Go make your own family. Or shut the F up. My little message to Randy Weingarten. You want to have kids? You want to raise them in your own warped moral value system? Well, go have kids. Take on that responsibility. Otherwise, don't come at us. Don't come flexing at us who take the path, the honorable, noble path that God intended for us that warms the hearts of our ancestors because somebody thousands of years ago chose to be in love and to have children and to raise them. That's why you're here today. Your ancestors smile upon you if you are a good parent. And it is a sacrificial thing to do. And I will take no lecturing from these vacuous goblins who choose to scream at me about the way that I raise my kids. Go try it yourself. And I bet it will change your perspective, actually, on children and on parenting. I, I, would, I would bet on that. In the meantime, childless, psychotic Chardonnay lady, cat lady, screaming in front of the Supreme Court, teachers union president Randy Weingarten. Go. And frankly, and this is what really pisses me off, during the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting and we helped them and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Big businesses were hurting and we helped them and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it, the corporations challenge it, the student loan lenders challenge it. That is not right. That is not fair. And that is what we are fighting as well when we say cancel student debt. So a couple of things here. Um, one, student debt is a contract between an individual and the school. That's a that's a binding contract. And the government ends up paying for a lot of that student debt, which is wrong and should end immediately under a Johnson administration. A good President Johnson, Ben, that would be one of the first things to go. I mean, that would be on my desk on, on day one. No more government subsidized student loans. Also, the schools should have to pay back the student loans. The schools should be uh, – all these schools have billions of dollars in, in trust funds. They should have to pay back the student loans if the kids don't get a job or if the kids aren't able to graduate with a career that actually provides something in society. This is a fraudulent system. It's an utterly fraudulent system. Do not send your kids to college. Be very selective if you do. Demand that your child is on the pathway to actually knowing what they want to do and getting an education. Otherwise, they're, be they're better at just apprenticing. They're better at just going and working for our company, some kind of you know, going and just learning a trade. Because that's what they'll be spit out into the world to do anyway, but with $250,000 of an albatross, a debt around their necks. So one, you have absolutely no right to demand the ending of student loans because of COVID. All these – the vast majority of these student loans happened before COVID. And then secondarily, to use the government bailout of businesses during COVID, it's the government who shut down businesses during COVID. There was online school, online learning. The government shut down businesses that ought right to be open. That has no effect on your private loan in a private contractual agreement with a school for a stupid, dumbass education that you probably should have never gotten in the first place. Because these schools are frauds. They're fraudulent. Do not send your kids to college. If you do send their kids to college, make sure they have a set path and they are clear-eyed about it. Because these, these places, are, there's fraud factories. And they line the pockets of clearly mentally ill person, uh, confirmed Chardonnay cat lady, Randy Weingarten who instead of choosing the selfless path of raising her own family is here to scream at us parents uh, who choose 
to continue the human race. Shut up, lady. Uh, we will end, of course, not on a sour note there or some screaming lunatic, but with a Bible verse, uh, as is always the uh, uh, tradition on this show. From Psalms 91, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him, I will trust. Even if you live inside of Chicago, even if you live inside of one of these rotted Democrat cities, the Lord should be your refuge. In fact, in spite, <laughs> a, because you live in these cities, the Lord should be your refuge. You should trust in him. He should be your fortress. Do not trust in man. That is the first mistake of the Marxist. That is the first mistake of Karl Marx. He trusted in man, not in the government. And in the first chapter of the Communist Manifesto, he says, let's get rid of the church. No, 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 no. Man will let you down. God will not. And neither will we. We'll be here for you. We'll be here for you talking about the three things that matter to us most. God, family, country. We'll do it every single show. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to fight. We're going to save America right here on The Benny Show. My name is Benny Johnson. This has been The Benny Show. See ya.